Hi, I'm the twink who's dedicated his life to serving Dracula, Taylor. And I'm holding a black mass in the ruins of an ivy-covered church, Jemmy. And this is The Final Girl Files. This week, we watched 1972's Dracula, A.D. 1972, directed by Alan Gibson, starring Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, Stephanie Beecham, and Christopher Nimi. Holy shit, this movie has the most insane pussy energy of any film I've ever seen. I'm going to get one thing out of the way before we start this episode. Please. Because I, I just feel like I need to say something. Do you need to have a horny minute? No, I, and shockingly, I don't need to have a horny minute. I need to have a a defending this movie minute. This movie is camp. That's all you need to say. You bitches. And I'm talking to you. If you have ever been the type of person who has said anything to the degree of like, the 70s is when Hammer started to go downhill when they started doing stuff like Dracula AD 1972 and The Vampire Lovers. Two of the best Hammer movies. Fuck you. This is not a safe space for Hammer snobs. If you came to this podcast episode thinking that we were going to shit on this movie for an hour, die. Like, die. (laughs) If you came to this podcast with the idea that we were going to shit on this movie for an hour, you're probably heterosexual, in which case this podcast isn't for you. Straight people don't understand why this movie goes as hard as it fucking does. This movie is phenomenal. This movie is gay as shit. I had such a good time watching this movie. I've seen this movie... An innumerable amount of times. I think this is definitely the Hammer Dracula that I have seen the most. Yeah, this movie is wonderful. I had such a good time watching this movie, and I'm so glad you suggested it. So, Taylor, this was my first time watching this movie, as it is for all Hammer movies. Except for The Woman in Black. But, uh, so I guess it only makes sense to ask you first. What's your memories with this movie? I saw this movie when I was in high school. Um, when I first started watching... Hammer movies, which were like my gateway drug into horror, mm-hmm. was just binging like every Hammer movie that I could get my hands on, and this was one of the ones that I re- that I remember so vividly watching for the first time because I was like sitting in my basement watching Dracula AD nineteen seventy two and thinking to myself that like this is it, this is all I've ever wanted. This is the pinnacle of cinema. This is the pinnacle. This is everything to me. This is all of the best things distilled into a beautiful disaster of a film. And you were correct for that. It is horrible and it is wonderful and it is terrible and it is good. Like, most importantly, it's sexy. It's sexy and it's camp. Sexy and camp are the two top qualities for any film. 100%. I say this as an expert. I have a BA in film. (laughs) Yeah, I I watched this for the first time this week for the podcast, and it was wonderful, and I had a great time. I I don't have, like, a story about watching it. I just sat down, and I watched it, and I enjoyed myself. So very fun. Just a fun movie. Just a fun movie. It's a good time. Like, it's tight 90, too, which you gotta love. Mm, Yeah, for sure. Tight 90 supremacy. As we say on this show. Yes. All right, shall we get into a, a little a little blurb of the plot and then our discussion? Sure. Van Helsing dispatches Dracula to his grave, only for the Dark Lord to be reborn in 1972. When the swinging trendies of London decide to experiment with a little devil worshipping, the Count decides to move to his own bloody groove. That's honestly the best description that you could give this movie. It is 
It's just what if Dracula in the 70s. And also devil worshipping. And if that doesn't sound like a fucking fantastic movie to you, once again, this podcast is not for you. The first thing that I will say outright is that this movie is not a sequel to any movies that have come before it. But it feels like one. But which it, is no, so it, funny. It is. It is supposed to feel like a sequel to perhaps Horror of Dracula or any of the other um, Hammer Dracula movies, but it is not technically in continuity with any of them because Horror of Dracula takes place in the 1880s. And this movie specifically mentions that Dra- that Van Helsing killed Dracula in uh, 1872 so that it can be exactly 100 years since uh, Dracula died. But this sort of accidentally creates this weird paradox where the fight at the beginning of the movie between Van Helsing and Dracula that sort of kickstarts everything, it's its own thing. Like David Pumpkins, it's its own thing. But it is still part of our sequels block because this is our podcast and we do what we want. One could say that the Dracula and the Van Helsing that we see fighting at the beginning of this movie are variants of the the standard Dracula and Van Helsing of the of the Hammer series. Now, Taylor, let's yes. not get ahead of ourselves. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. But I would I would argue that to to use um the terminology of a certain film franchise which shall not be named, they I would say that they're variants. I have to say the opening of this film is a pretty sick Van Helsing 2004 reference. Do you think that Van Helsing 2004 did that on purpose? I'm not sure if I think, but I hope. <laughs> yeah, me too. I hope. I'm just so obsessed with the opening of this movie and how its vibes are, like, immaculate from minute one. Yeah, immediately they're just throwing you in with, like, the most insane Dracula Van Helsing fight you've ever seen in your life. Like, no context, just vibes. Just vibes. And, like, that's all you need for this movie. Hammer's like, you know these two by now. You know these gay bitches. You know them. Let's just get into it. You know these homoerotic motherfuckers. Which is even considering that this is only the second movie where Van Helsing and Dracula are together. Specifically Peter Cushing's Van Helsing and uh, Christopher Lee's Dracula. This is only the second movie where they're together. By the way. Oh my god, really? Yes! Because, okay, so this is sort of getting into like... Because there are nine Hammer Dracula movies. Um, mm-hmm. Now, can I just ask really quick... Yes. Which one is the one where Christopher Lee refused to say any of his lines? I believe it was Dracula Has Risen from the Grave. Okay. I was curious because I was, I, I don't know the, ter- the timeline of these things. So I at first was like, what if this is the one? It, it, this, is, this is not this the is, one. No. This not is not the one. one. Yeah. So it, this is only the second movie where the two of them are playing Van Helsing and Dracula in the same movie. The funniest part about that is that they've, even by 1972, had become so kind of a part of the cultural lexicon. I mean, for good fucking reason. They're both fantastic. They are. So they they were both in Horror of Dracula, which we discussed on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. It's great. Peter like Cushing as Van Helsing was in the second movie in the series, which is called Brides of Dracula. Dracula is not in that movie. The brides are, though, I assume. Uh... They're, they're not even Brides of Dracula. They're Brides of this other random vampire. That's who lame. We, we are told in narration in the beginning of the movie was like, I don't know, like Dracula's ex-boyfriend or something. Like, like, like the, this guy is like associated with Dracula in some yeah, way. Yeah, his ex. You can say, it's okay. You, you can just leave it at his ex. It, it, it is his ex. 
Um, and this guy then makes women into vampire brides, but they are not technically brides of Dracula. That huh. movie does go off, however. I do enjoy it a lot. Um, that was uh, actually a very hasty rewrite. Uh, it was supposed to be Dracula. And then Christopher Lee was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so they rewrote it to be some other guy. Um, Christopher Lee doing the most to not be Dracula. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, but then they convinced him to come back for the third movie. Which Van Helsing was not in. <laughs> so we have a movie without Dracula, but with Van Helsing. And then the third movie has Dracula, but no Van Helsing. And the rest of the Draculas have Christopher Lee as Dracula, but no Van Helsing. Up until this movie. Which is the huh. eighth out of nine. <laughs> oh my god. And then after this would come The Satanic Rites of Dracula. Which is a which great is fucking title. <laughs> I was going to say, that is an absolute banger of a title. It's amazing. So in order, these are the titles of all of the Hammer Dracula films. Please. Dracula, or Horror of Dracula, as it was called in America from 1958. And then Brides of Dracula from 1960, which is the one without Christopher Lee. Mm -hmm. And then in 1966, uh, we get Dracula, Prince of Darkness. In 1968, we get Dracula Has Risen from the Grave. The one. I, I believe that that is the one where he just refused to say any of his lines. Because they were bad. Um, and then in 1970, we got two Dracula movies, both of which had Christopher Lee in them. Immaculate. They were called Taste the Blood of Dracula and then Scars of Dracula. Mm -hmm. And then we get Dracula AD 1972, which is this film in mm -hmm. 1972. And then in 1973, we get The Satanic Rites of Dracula. Again, fucking fantastic title. Yeah, that's in 1974, the we banger. also get a movie called The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, which is like a kung fu Dracula movie, but Christopher Lee isn't in it, and most people don't count it as part of the like larger Hammer Dracula cycle. I just got so excited when you said kung fu Dracula movie, and then you just completely deflated my excitement by saying that Christopher Lee was not Dracula in that one. I know. I haven't like, actually I just seen The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, but I've heard it's uh, very racist. Um, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, no. I haven't sought that one out. <laughs> but Peter Cushing is in it. Um, I don't think very much, but he is in it. And some other guy who I don't care about um, plays Dracula. Because Christopher I, Lee, by that point, was so done. I am so sad that the Kung Fu Dracula movie is racist and bad. Can like, you, and the worst part, though, is that I don't even think Dracula does Kung Fu in it. That's so depressing. I think Dracula just has vampire henchmen who do Kung Fu, who are like... I don't even know. How do you fuck that up? I don't know. I wish the Kung Fu Dracula movie was like on Dracula 80, 1972 levels. You know what I mean? Yeah, like this level of sheer insanity. Can you imagine this movie just with people doing Kung Fu? That would be <sighs> fucking awesome. See, they couldn't exist. That that would just like fucking break the world. Yeah. That was at the point in Hammer's history where like... um. They had basically just thrown in the towel and realized that they were going under financially and were just, like, throwing whatever at the wall to see what would stick. That one's for the Beastly Kingdom universe only. And they were like, oh, I don't know, fucking Kung Fu Dracula, I guess? I don't know. People like martial arts movies. They'll, they'll like vampires <laughs> doing Kung Fu. Yeah. And, and then they fucked it up. Like, yes, I would, I, would, racist. I would fucking love to watch vampires doing Kung Fu. And yet, 
Someone should make a good version of that. Yeah, someone remake, uh, what was it, the Seven, gold- Legend Legend of the seven, seven Golden, Golden Vampires. Vampires. Remake that and make it good. Make it good for me, please. Please. <laughs> please, we need it. Um, I, think, I think James Wan should do that in the style of Malignant. Oh my god, yes, completely. <laughs> okay, but we're just writing a completely new movie. Let's go back to <laughs> let's go back to Dracula 80 1972. Um Dracula 80 1972 is a delightful movie about a bunch of 30-year-old teenagers. <laughs> They're all in their 30s. It's so funny. They're old as hell, all of them. I don't think they're supposed to be in high school. I'm calling... like like They have te- to be college students. They're teenagers, but only in, like, the loosest sense of the word. I would... See, I kind of assumed they were, like... I mean, they all are... The actors are all in their 30s, obviously. But I yeah. kind of assumed that they were, like, 18, 19, maybe 20... It's yeah, I think they're to supposed to be in, like, college age. I mean, particularly because none of them are being arrested for underage drinking. Yeah, and you know They're all, like, get, like, in bars and stuff, and the drinking age in England is 18. Yeah, they're, like, drinking in bars and summoning the devil in an abandoned church. You know, the typical teenage experience. Johnny Alucard, can we talk about him for a few minutes? Or possibly for the rest of the podcast? Can we because talk he about is- him- forever i love him he's just my first note about him also dracula's twink showing up about 15 minutes late with starbucks because he's he like like dracula dies in the first like five minutes of this movie like van helsing (laughs) kills him with a fucking wagon wheel which is just chef's kiss spectacular and then no he like no notes um, and then he's, like, galloping towards the scene, and he shows up, like, way after everything has gone down. <laughs> it's extremely funny. Just to, like, scoop up Dracula's ashes. But for, I really for just unspecified to... reasons. I like that everybody in this movie has identical, like, ancestors. Yes. Oh, my God. Everyone's ancestors, because they couldn't bother to hire other actors. I mean, why would you hire another actor to play? Why Van in the Helsing? world would you hire another actor? Like, it kind of makes sense for Van Helsing, I guess. But like, why? <laughs> why did Johnny have an identical ancestor? Twinkiness runs strongly in his blood. That's true. Whoever wrote this movie saw Dwight Fry in 1931 Dracula and said to themselves, "I can, I can do something with this." What if there was a weird guy? What if there was just a weird little guy? Can I say something cursed? I would love for you to say something cursed. Direct from my notes. And this is a joke for me and you and whoever is watching this that was in the Les Mis fandom in 2012. Johnny Alucard looks like he'd be fan cast as Montparnasse in the 70s Les Mis fandom. Oh my god. <laughs> the way that that was just like a one hit KO. I I knew I was going to do psychic damage to you with that one. And You're right, but you should not say it. I shouldn't. I really shouldn't, but you I did. You should not say it. The level of acting in this movie can be pretty squarely visualized as a spectrum with Peter Cushing on one end and Christopher Neem on the other end. In terms of, like, Peter Cushing is, as always... Putting showing his whole up pussy and into it. Do, he's putting in the fucking work. He's putting his whole pussy into it. 
Peter Cushing is here and he is here to act. And I have seen Peter Cushing in some truly stupid shit. And he is always at this level of acting in everything he does. He refuses to give less than 110% at all times. And it's wonderful. He could be reading the dumbest fucking dialogue in the world and he will still be treating it with the same level of just absolute gravitas. And he's so fucking valid for that. He's so fucking valid for it. He says some of the dumbest lines in this movie I've ever heard in my life. With the, like, conviction of delivering a Shakespearean monologue. You believe him. You 100% believe him. You're like, I I think this guy fights vampires. It's to the point where you almost don't notice how fucking stupid the lines are because Peter Cushing is just giving them his all. It's so good. One thing that I will say, though, is the scene of Peter Cushing moving the letters of Alucard just... Like, you could just see Peter Cushing trying very hard to make this into, like, a dramatic moment. It's, it's, It's literally, like, the same... It's a, a scene that would have the same energy as that one fucking scene in Monster Squad. <laughs> yeah. But Peter Cushing is just... Oh, God, he's he's doing so much. He's trying he's doing it so hard to make it as dramatic as he can, and it's wonderful. And he did that for us. He did it for us. And, and then on the other grateful. end of the spectrum, you have Christopher Neem, who shows up to set... Knows exactly what kind of movie he's in and is like, I'm going to give the most batshit insane performance that I can possibly give. He's putting his whole pussy into this movie in a completely different way from Peter Cushing. See, here's the thing. Peter Cushing is putting his whole pussy into it. Christopher Neem understands the assignment. Yes, 100%. That, that's the difference that we're going with. Christopher Neem knows exactly where he is and exactly what he wants to do, and he is not wasting a single scrap of energy on anything else. Nope. I would like to draw attention specifically to the Black Mass scene, which is, I I think, my favorite scene in the movie. Oh, it's so good. It is better than the climax. It is amazing. 90% because Christopher Neem is going so hard, screaming Pulling the weirdest faces you've ever seen. He's just, like, exuding freak energy. He's, like, basically yodeling. (laughs) I'm not wrong, though. No, you're not at all. And it's fucking great. And he's just here. He's here to have a good fucking time. And I do love it for him. Again, he showed up to set. He understood the assignment. He read the script and he was like, oh, this is the stupidest shit ever. I'm going to scream and yell like a lunatic. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, it's so good. Uh, well, okay. I, I, I will say the Black Mass scene is is definitely my favorite scene in the movie because of Christopher Neem's performance. My mm-hmm. second favorite scene in the movie is the fight between Peter Cushing and Christopher Neem. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. In Johnny Alucard's apartment. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so like good. It's these two completely different approaches to a movie like this, fully duking it out on screen. And it is glorious. Again, like, Peter Cushing being like, I'm such a, I'm like a cool vampire hunter, and I'm here to fucking take this so seriously. And Christopher Neem, who is like, 
crawling backwards <laughs> up the stairs like no no just fully like palpatining it up it's yeah, so good that's, that's a perfect way to describe christopher neen's performance in this movie he is palpatining the shit out of this performance oh it's so good I swear, if Ian McDiarmid had not been cast as Emperor Palpatine, Christopher Neem could have knocked that out of the park. Oh, he would have fucking... Oh, God, yes. I feel like people don't talk enough about how insane his performance is. Like, people talk about Christopher Lee. They talk about, oh, Peter Cushing is back and, you know, whatever. Nobody talks about Johnny Alucard. And it's, like, baffling because he is easily, like... And like this is obviously me not thro- not bleh. this is obviously not me throwing shade at Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. They're fucking fantastic, of course they are. But he is one of like the best parts of this movie. I would say that he is the best part of this movie. He's certainly just, my favorite part of the movie. He brings so much to it. I love him. Just fucking delightful. Do you know who I thought he was at first? And this is stupid because these two movies came out like I think with a fairly sizable difference in year between them but oh, I, I, I was i cannot wait until your face blind ass tells me who he reminded you of i thought he was the guy that played alex the clockwork orange <laughs> <laughs> no actually uh clockwork orange came out in 1971 oh you so honestly this could have been malcolm mcdowell i thought he was malcolm mcdowell <laughs> he has a similar like face i don't know what like i i know i'm face blind as fuck but something about like the way he smirks is very similar to Malcolm no, McDowell. yeah, yeah. He he and he he. Excuse me. He does look a lot like Malcolm McDowell. He has the like smarmy British energy. Yeah, it's great. He's it's fantastic. He's living his fucking life. <laughs> I think they should have like cast this man as Dorian Gray in something. Oh my god! Yes, I think he should have been cast as Dorian Gray in something. I could fully see that he would have been such a good Dorian Gray. Oh my god! Yes, we need to get a time machine, guys. Can we crowdfund a time machine? Go on the Patreon. <laughs> Someone go back in time and cast Christopher Neem as Dorian Gray. He deserves. He deserves to play Dorian Gray in like an insane, like balls to the wall, malignant. Dracula 80 1972 style Dorian Gray movie. Please, God. I'm so mad that he's, like, not in any other Hammer movies. Like, Hammer oh. has, like, repertory players like Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing who are in, like, a lot of their movies. And Christopher Neem is not one of them, and he should be. I wish he was in more of these. He's wonderful. That's so sad. I like him more than fucking Ralph Bates, who shows up all the time in these goddamn movies. No shade to Ralph Bates. He's fine. But any role that Ralph Bates has played in a Hammer movie, Christopher Neem could have done it ten times better. And that's... I know that you haven't seen a lot of these, so that was like word salad to you. It's fine. Drop your hot takes, queen. (laughs) But every single role that Ralph Bates has ever played, Christopher Neem could have done it better. Don't care. Don't care. Come for me. Come for me, Hammer fans. I'm just alienating every single... I I have no idea what you're saying, but I trust you. I trust your hot takes. I'm going against the dominant paradigm of of Hammer horror um, enthusiasts, with particularly with my love for the really stupid Hammer movies. I have so much love in my heart for Dracula in AD 1972. It's so stupid. Understandably, it's such a good time. 
One of the other things that I find absolutely delightful about this movie is one of the things that you don't really get as a modern viewer, but that you can just sort of feel implicitly is like the old guys trying to write teen dialogue-ness of it. Oh my god. This is the 70s equivalent of like a truth or dare. (laughs) Oh my god, you're so right. You can just so feel these, like, 30-year-old actors having to say shit like, Far out, man! No, wait, let me- can I- can I, uh, can I addend that? Please. This is the 1972 version of Wish Upon. (gasps) Oh, you are so correct. I just had to drop that one there. What I I will say also is that there is a point in this movie where Johnny Alucard, in the midst of a very dramatic moment, shouts out, Dig the music, kids! That's during the Black Mass, isn't it? Yes! I think every satanic rite should have someone yelling out outdated 70s uh, dialogue. Yeah, dialogue, yeah. I think that should be a requisite. I like that he brought the, like, tape player to the Black Mass. I like that there are people fucking at the Black Mass. Okay! I I wrote this down. I was like, I love that part of Johnny's evil plan inexplicably involves kickstarting an orgy. I mean, let's see. What does this have to do with resurrecting Dracula? Dracula didn't want the orgy. Johnny was just being a freak about it. He was being very zep about the whole thing. I think these people are just one big polycule anyway. Oh my god, you're so correct. Like, I don't think Johnny needed to do very much to kickstart an orgy. Like, this is just what these people do normally. And frankly, if I was at a black mass, I would also like to have sex. So... One thing that I find also very funny that kind of adds to your polycule theory is that, like, Jessica and Bob, I think is his name... Um, are ostensibly dating. Jessica keeps getting hit on by Johnny Alucard, and Bob is not mad at all about it. I feel like all of these, like, teenagers are just constantly kind of hitting on each other, and no one's really mad about it. Nobody's ever jealous of anyone hitting on anyone else. You'd think there would be a point where Johnny said something weird to Jessica and Bob would be like, hey, like, stay away from my girlfriend. He doesn't care. The only thing that he cares about is when Johnny starts doing things that are, like, upsetting Jessica. Exactly. It's That's hilarious. What I'm saying. I, it, 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 it also kind of explains why Jessica is so, like, weird about them being a quote-unquote group. Yeah, because isn't it, like, people keep trying to call them a gang? A gang, Yeah. <laughs> No, we're just all fucking each other. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) This is just a big old polycule. And then, like, okay, there's the whole scene where Johnny tries to get um, tickets uh, or tries to give Jessica tickets to, like, a concert or something. Mm -hmm. And Jessica turns him down. And the other girl, Gaynor, I think is her name? I don't remember. I don't remember Um, the name as well. Marsha Hunt is the actress's name. So I'm just going to call her that. Marsha Hunt is like, well, if Jessica won't go, I'll go with you. And Johnny's like, okay. Like, I could, yeah, the, they're, they're a fucking polycule. While we're talking about members of this group, I really, I just want to give the biggest fucking shout out to Laura. Love the name choice, by the way. Very, very Carmilla. Mm-hmm. Laura, who just like immediately volunteers to be a sacrifice for the Black Mass. <laughs> 
Laura, who is horny as shit for the devil. Horny for the devil, and God, she is valid for it. He is fucking valid for it. Caroline Monroe is like a hammer repertoire player. She shows up fairly frequently in Hammer movies. She's in, um, she's a co-lead in Captain Cronus Vampire Hunter, which is a very good movie from around mm-hmm. this period. Uh, and she also played Vincent Price's wife in uh, The Abominable Dr. Fibes, which is not a Hammer movie, but is very good. Queen. And she's wonderful and she's still alive and she does like horror stuff all the time. She actually did like a virtual screening of Dracula AD 1972 fairly recently for like a British TV channel. And I was so mad that there was no way that I could watch it. No, that's so depressing. I know. One of my Twitter mutuals um, or several of them. Uh, who live in the UK were like talk like live tweeting the um the Q and A that she did before the movie and talking about you know her experience making Dracula eighty nineteen seventy two and all this other stuff and I was just like looking at their tweets and just quietly yearning I was like I want to ask Caroline Monroe questions you will I'm manifesting this you will meet her I will I will meet her she's great and she's so beautiful <laughs> oh she's gorgeous she's absolutely drop dead gorgeous. And Dracula shows up and she's like kind of freaked out for a second and immediately so into it. And she's just so fucking valid for that. Laura, she lived, she surfed cunt, she died. And so God- if, if any character deserved that that meme to be applied to them, it is Laura. Also, I, I kin. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I think I kin her. I kin her so much. Um- Speaking of this scene where she's been by Dracula, we haven't talked about Christopher Lee a lot. We haven't. Mostly because he's really not in this movie a Yeah, bunch. There's, not, there's not a lot of Dracula in this Dracula movie. Which is also, I think, what we said about horror of Dracula, if I remember correctly. But the difference between this and horror of Dracula is that when Dracula is on screen in this movie... He is so fucking bored. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. Christopher Lee is already tired of being Dracula at this point. <laughs> if if there is, as I said, a scale of acting in this movie that stretches from Peter Cushing to Christopher Neem, Christopher Lee is nowhere on that spectrum. He is off in a corner somewhere. He's off in a corner quietly waiting to be cast in The Wicker Man. <laughs> yeah, he... <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Spending He's- hundreds and hundreds of his own dollars to fucking purchase screens to, like, show the Wicker Man because he wants people to know him for literally anything except for Dracula. <laughs> He's so just like, get me the fuck off of this set. He's be- he's He's, like, one step away from being held there at gunpoint. <laughs> There is, and I wish I could find this again so that I could show it to you. I'm going to try to find it and maybe put it on the Twitter uh, when we post this episode. But mm-hmm. there is, I don't know if it's this movie or if it's um, Satanic Rites of Dracula, but one of the later Dracula movies, somebody on Tumblr posted uh, Christopher Lee's script, which he annotated. Uh-huh. And it's just a lot of like crossed out lines of dialogue with this is stupid written in the margins. <laughs> For this movie? Yeah, it's it's either oh this God. or Satanic Rites of Dracula. Um, <laughs> just, like, no holds barred. He did not fucking want to make these movies. But he was like, you know what? 
I, I'm going to try to make them a little bit better. And like my favorite is that like a lot of it is like Dracula's dialogue crossed out and he was writing shit in the margins like Dracula would never say this. <laughs> Which rules. <laughs> because the thing about Christopher Lee is that Christopher Lee loves Dracula. He oh loved God. the book Dracula. He named his fucking cat Renfield. <gasps> oh, I love that. <laughs> Like, he loved Bram Stoker's Dracula the book. Fucking loved it. Which is, I think, why he hated playing Hammer Dracula so much is because it deviated from the book so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Yeah. If I loved Dracula, I would also be like, what the fuck is this if someone handed me the... I mean, I do love Dracula. I don't know why I said that. But <laughs> if, I was... if, if, I, if I loved Dracula. <laughs> if I loved Dracula, a book that I actually do enjoy very much... Yeah, he he was he was very offended at the places that Hammer took uh, one of his favorite literary characters. He was in another Dracula movie, which I believe is just called Count Dracula. Um, it's a Spanish movie directed by a uh, noted Spanish sleaze filmmaker uh, Jess Franco, which is ostensibly like much closer to the book. It really isn't that much closer to the book than your standard Hammer Dracula, but it was like billed as being closer to the book and was definitely sold to Christopher Lee as a project as oh, being no. closer to the book. And he eagerly fucking went to Spain to shoot this thing. He was like, please let me play a Dracula that's book accurate. Please. And they didn't give it to him. And they Those didn't bastards. give it to him. Those the bastards. Only thing that I will say for that version of Dracula specifically is that they do do the thing that the book does where he starts out old and he gets younger over the course of the movie. See, that is a thing that I could potentially give credit to if I hadn't seen fucking Moffat Dracula, which also does that. Mm, yeah. I haven't actually seen Jess Franco's Count Dracula. Um, I've heard it's good despite not being super book accurate. Uh, but my standards for Dracula adaptations are just, is it fun? Then I like it. <laughs> As evidenced by my opinion on this movie. <laughs> this is me just two middle fingers high to Moffat's Dracula. It's very bad. Anyway. I refuse to watch it because I don't like to. Don't do that to yourself. I don't know why I, I, I did like it to, to myself. Do bad things. I don't know why I did it to myself. It's not good, Taylor. Hey, we went through, we're, we're 40 minutes into this fucking episode. Can we please, please, God, Nemesis Portrait. I love this aspect of this movie so much that I brought it up in the Horror of Dracula episode. Van Helsing, not even the Van Helsing that killed Dracula, by the way. This movie deals with mm -hmm. a modern day descendant of Van Helsing, also played by Peter Cushing for reasons. Which, um, can I just interject really quick? I love that this movie treats the surname Van Helsing like it's normal. Yeah, <laughs> completely. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's Jessica Van Helsing. She's our friend. <laughs> the idea of someone whose first name is Jessica and whose last name is Van Helsing is it's, so funny. It's so good. They're just two completely incongruous names. But they shoved them together anyway, and by God, they did it. <laughs> And by God, they fucking did it. Uh, so our modern day Van Helsing descendant, whose name I believe is Lorimer. It did fuck me up a little that like the, the 1800s Van Helsing, his name is Lawrence. His and name not is Abraham. Lawrence, yeah. <laughs> and not Abraham. Like, what did the name Abraham do to you? Hammer? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, I it could also be, it could also be uh, a, sh a shout forward to uh, Van Helsing 2004, who's, First name is Gabriel, I Gabriel. believe. Oh. We'll get there one of these days. We'll get there. But, uh, I mean, to be fair, 
Van Helsing in 1958, Horror of Dracula, is named Abraham Van Helsing. Right. So maybe that was intentional to differentiate him from that other Van Helsing and to oh, maybe. state definitively that these movies were not supposed to be in continuity with those ones. Each other. Right. Uh, who knows? I don't know and I don't really care. Um, <laughs> I just think it's funny. The writers certainly didn't care. <laughs> yeah. So why should I? Uh, but yeah, so modern day Van Helsing, whose name, like I said, I think is Lorimer, if I read correctly off of his like briefcase, he has a hand-drawn portrait of Dracula in his house. The same one that Johnny Alucard has. I was just going to say, Johnny Alucard also has it. So I guess Dracula just gives this portrait to, like, all of his boyfriends. I love the idea that he hands them out, like, headshots. <laughs> to all the all the men he has sex with. Yeah. <laughs> if you fucked Dracula, you have this picture in your house. My favorite aspect of this, or one of my favorite aspects, I have a lot. There's a lot that I love <laughs> I about this. say your favorite. There must be several. There are several. This is one of them. <laughs> is that later on we see a picture of um, Van Helsing's... Not a picture. What am I fucking saying? We see a shot of Van Helsing's desk. And uh, they, they, they made it very clear to place a portrait of a woman on his desk. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, not gay. Damn, <laughs> yeah, and like, damn, that lady must have known she was bearding. <laughs> 100% I wouldn't be surprised if that was a lesbian <laughs> so fucking true there's also a grave for an Elizabeth Van Helsing who is like like the grave is Lawrence Van Helsing and then up top it says Elizabeth Van Helsing so I guess that's supposed to be 1800s Van Helsing's wife huh again another, I wouldn't be surprised one. if that was a lesbian um, I was gonna say another lesbian helping to mutually beard yeah they they were bearding each other. Good good for them. for them. Can we talk about Jessica for a bit? Please. I want to say off the bat with Jessica especially, but like every fucking outfit in this movie has the most insane energy ever put to screen. The wardrobe for this movie is so good because to it's me, so To me, the outfits in this movie are the complete diametric opposite of the outfits in The Red Queen Kills Seven Times. Yes. Because they're bad. They're so bad. They're the ugliest clothes I have ever seen on human beings. My mind goes immediately to, like, the little, the, like, blue fucking little house on the prairie style Ooh. outfit that Jessica is wearing, complete with, like, a fucking bonnet. Who the fuck was wearing a bonnet in the 1970s? With little embroidered flowers on it and, like, tassels hanging off of the side? It's the biggest, like, neon cottagecore nightmare you've ever seen in your life. She wears a lot of hair accessories. She does. It's either, like, a hair accessory or a hat. She has kind of, like, a a Lydia Dietz thing going on in the first scene of this movie that she's in. Mm -hmm. Where she has that, like, like, black rimmed hat. It's, I, it's, I I love the outfit that she wears to the black mask too, which is like a weird like purple thing, and the headband is made of the exact same fabric as the rest of the outfit. It's very like accursed Daphne Blake. It is. It is very accursed Daphne Blake. I'd also like to take a brief moment, not a horny moment, whatever the opposite of a horny moment is, for her hair. Oh, her hair. Her haircut. Which 
if you haven't seen the movie, just do me a favor. Pause. Pause the podcast. Google Jessica Van Helsing. Click on the blonde one. Because she's played by a different actress in the next movie, and she's a redhead, and her haircut is normal. Yeah, the second image that comes up. It is... It's the worst mullet you've ever seen in your entire life. It's not a mullet, though, because a mullet is business in the front, party in the back. This is, like, business on the top. Party on the bottom. Party on the bottom, because it's, like, short. It's like someone got halfway through cutting her hair into a pixie cut and, like, needed to go change their laundry. And then they died. And And then they died, and she just had to go home. (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. The top layer of her hair is cut into a pixie cut, and the bottom is down to her boobs. It's terrible. (laughs) It's the worst thing I've... It's just the worst hair I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, The thing that I will say about the haircut is that it does get progressively less bad throughout the movie. Yeah, because they start hiding it. It is styled in the worst way in, like, the first scene that she's in. And, And then also she's wearing, like, hats for the rest of the movie. Yeah, I guess it's it's kind of that her hats are hiding it. But, like, at the scene at the end when she's wearing that, like, white, um, I guess, like, sacrificial gown. (laughs) Whatever the fuck Johnny Johnny Alucard put her in. I thought Um, you were going to say sexy, and I was going to agree. No, it's, I'm I'm sorry, Taylor, it's still bad then. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. No, I think it's better. It's better, but it's still bad. It's better when it's a little more fluffed out the top. Yeah. Yeah, it, lo- it at least looks less like a mullet this way. Yeah, you don't agree, but that's fine. I don't agree. I, I, <laughs> you don't have I to don't, agree with me. I don't agree with you, Taylor. I, I'm respectfully disagreeing with I you on the I think it looks less bad at the end. The first two scenes, though, it is fucking atrocious. It's horrific. It is. I'm taking back my stance on the blue outfit because at least she has her hair covered then. This true. I still think it's atrocious, but it's less atrocious because it covers up the hair. <laughs> the hair is truly so bad. It's the worst part of her look. I'm sorry, Jessica. In the next movie, Jessica is played by Joanna Lumley. Yeah, her from, hair looks um, completely fucking normal. From from Absolutely Fabulous, if anybody knows that show. She's like a fairly well-known comedian. She's um, a MILF in this one. She looks fine. Yeah. She looks, I mean, they, they didn't even try to make her look like Stephanie Beecham, but she looks fine. She's got a normal haircut. I don't know she what does. the fuck they did to Stephanie Beecham's hair. The 70s was a decade. Who did that to her? They need to answer for their crimes. Truly. I thought it was very funny that a couple of, like, Jollo cops just showed up halfway through. I, the the worst parts of this movie are when it, it becomes a cop thing. It's so, like, out of Those nowhere. Are and it, deeply boring. And it goes nowhere. Like, there's no real reason for the cops to be involved other than to, like, give us a cop plot, I guess. Yeah, the cops aren't even, like, a part of the finale. They're not. No, the cops don't show... It would be funny if the cops showed up and arrested Dracula. <laughs> what if Dracula got arrested at the end of the movie? <laughs> I take it back. I wish the cops had been in this movie more so that they could arrest Dracula at the end of the film. <laughs> Take cuff them, boys. Cuff them. <laughs> Just Dracula being shoved into the back of a cop car. <laughs> oh my god! And since oh. it's Christopher Lee, he's like ten feet tall, so he like yeah. <laughs> ducking his head under. <laughs> oh my god! 
Christopher Lee truly, in every single movie, makes everyone else around him look like tiny baby men. He's so tall. He's so goddamn tall. Okay. Yes. I have a question about... I know that we already did briefly discuss the fight at the end of the film w- between um, Van Helsing and Johnny Alucard. Uh-huh. But I would like to discuss Johnny Alucard's death. I would also like to discuss this because I have the questions. The most utterly nonsensical way to kill a vampire. By the way, Johnny Alucard has become a vampire by this point in the yeah. film. Yeah, most of our cast has become a vampire at the beginning of the movie. No, that's not true. That's not true because the girls all die. That's, well, well, Taylor, that's just misogyny at work. The thing that makes me, okay, we'll talk about Johnny Alucard's death in a second. I want to talk about the fact that all of the girls are killed by Dracula. He fucking bites them and then they find their corpses later and they're like normal corpses. Like they don't rise as vampires or anything like you would expect them to in a hammer movie but it's fine but then for some fucking inexplicable reason dracula decides to turn bob jessica's boyfriend into a vampire i mean i will say the reveal did have me like oh shit but like why was the reveal worth it though dracula my man dracula gay as hell in this movie Dracula, look, listen, I understand. I understand that you are gay. <laughs> However, I am also gay. Uh-huh. And I would have very much liked to have a sexy lady vampire in this movie. And you didn't give that to me. Well, you're the other kind of gay. Exactly. I'm gay in the opposite direction. I can't believe Dracula is a misogynist. I can't, we have to cancel him on Twitter now. I can't believe it. Fucking, fucking canceled. Dracula to cancel him. Canceled. Dracula has been canceled from beyond the grave. From beyond. <laughs> <laughs> that's my new movie. That's my. That's, that's the next that's my, Hammer Dracula movie. Is Dracula has been canceled from beyond the grave. That's my pitch. I'm taking it to Hammer Studios immediately. Well, you know, they're trying to do, like, now remakes and reboots of all of their classic, uh, their classic catalog. Christopher Lee right now is so glad that he's dead. (laughs) He's in his grave, not rolling, but, like, listening and being like, oh, thank fucking God I got out of there. He's resting peacefully with the knowledge. He's resting so peacefully, knowing that (laughs) Hammer can't make him do any fucking more of these. (laughs) No one knows bliss like this man. Because you know if he had still been alive and Hammer oh. was doing more Draculas, they would have fucking been knocking on his door like, excuse me. <laughs> they would have been offering him like hey, insane Chris. amounts of money. Oh, Chris. Insane <laughs> amounts of money. Just hey, to be Chrissy. Dracula. <laughs> Dracula has been canceled from beyond the grave. Dracula has been canceled. And you know who's producing that movie? Ricky Gervais. <laughs> Oh, I hate it. Wait, no, Ricky Gervais would be Dracula. (laughs) Yeah, they'd have Christopher Lee in like a cameo role to be like, no, actually, we need to stop talking about this. Stop, stop. We we can't manifest this. We can't. We can't. This is some true Superstar Limo universe bullshit. (laughs) True. Nothing has ever felt more like a horrifying glimpse into the Superstar Limo universe. Oh, God. Then the idea of a Ricky Gervais starring in Dracula has been canceled from beyond the grave. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I have never hated anything more 
I have the cop subplot in this film. <laughs> That's true. Fuck them cops. Fuck them cops. A cab, baby. A cab, but especially these cops. Okay, so we've talked about the misogyny vampires, right? Johnny Alucard dies. I mean, can you explain how he dies? Oh boy, Taylor, I sure fucking can't. <laughs> Because I fucking can't. And I've seen this movie like five times. Two of which have been in the last six months. And I just, I I can never understand what even, what even the fuck Is happens. It? So listeners, for those not in the know, how Van Helsing kills Johnny Alucard. Is he doesn't kill him though. Is the thing. How he dies. <laughs> how that this motherfucker man, dies. This man, and I, I may be miss recalling because i watched this movie on wednesday and it is currently sunday this man falls in a shower and dies yeah so like van helsing like chases him up the stairs like we said which is very funny it's very he's, like again like he's like doing like weird palpatine faces and then he like i guess falls into the shower and then the shower turns on and the water burns him to death and now, my first thought when watching this movie is always like this has to have been explained i have one note on this scene and it simply reads holy water shower question mark what, okay thank you because that is also where my brain goes i'm like this has to have been explained in like a deleted scene or something yeah now while we're on the subject of holy water i just want to say really quick there is a scene in this film in which Van Helsing enters a church and just, like, goes up to the bowl of holy water and just fucking fills his thing the fuck up. And I I have to question the validity of holy water that has been stolen. <laughs> because I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Ten Commandments, but one of them is thou shall not steal. So I want to know if you steal holy water, is it still holy? Can you still you kill have... a vampire with it? Because you've committed a sin by stealing this holy water. I and think holy water is still holy water. I, I, you could also make you could make the argument that the bowl is there for everyone, but <laughs> including <laughs> thieves. But like, you're supposed to just like dip your fingers in it, and make the sign of the cross. That's the Catholic thing. I don't think they're expecting people to just go up with their fucking, like, bottles and fill them up like it's a fucking gas station. Well, that's what they're there for, though, for when you're hunting vampires. Oh, of course. Van Helsing 2004 knows this as well. Okay. So, sorry, I don't mean to keep going back to the shower thing, but... No, please go back to the shower thing. I just, So, just I, I went to our old friend Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Because I needed to once and for all find out what the fuck was going on with that shower. Uh-huh. It is not that there is holy water in the shower. It is that the shower is running water. I don't think it works like that. Okay! It definitely does not work like that. I don't think that... Okay, since when are vampires, like... Like, when... Well, like, since when... Like, I know that the whole thing with vampires is that, is that they can't cross running water. But right, since but when is it, like, running water is like poisonous to them or burns them i don't think that's ever been a thing in the lore in any lore 
I mean, in fairness, there is not a lot of vampire lore that I know of that really plays with the idea of running water. Like, I've never- But they also never explain it! I've never seen, like, a vampire in, like, a book or anything, or in media, be stopped by running water. So we don't technically know what it does to them. Like, like, Wikipedia, the sentence that is in the plot summary on Wikipedia is- Alucard accidentally kills himself with the running water in the bathroom shower. This helps me not at all. I mean, running water- I guess our running water is fatal to vampires? Oh my god, they can't wash their hands. That's fucking nasty. Uh Uh-oh, stinky. I guess they can't really poop either, though. Taylor, I hate to tell you this, but there are other methods of getting your hands dirty that don't involve poop. No, I know, but I'm just saying that, like, I'm thinking, like, oh, you can't wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. Yeah, no, I mean that too, but also- They're on a liquid diet. Vampires. COVID super spreaders? Question mark? I like that my brain immediately went to shitting. (laughs) I like that that's where my my thought process led me. It's like, well, they don't poop. So how bad could it be? God. God, I hate this podcast. I Me hate too. This. Um, the ending of this movie is so funny because, like, every like all the shit has gone down, right? Uh huh. And Jessica's like really upset about it, and she's like crying or whatever. Van Helsing says to her the family's Latin motto, which, like, I'm I don't think she speaks Latin. <sighs> How is that supposed to comfort her? Like, as if she's going to understand any of that. And then the movie immediately is like, by the way, here's the translation. (laughs) It's funny. I do also think, though, that, like, him comforting her is, like, very genuinely sweet. No, it is, but it's just so funny. But it's very funny. But it's very funny. See, I thought it was just, like, I, when I heard him say it at first, I thought it was just, like, Reminisquit in pace, like rest in peace, like you know the thing that vampire hunters say when they kill a vampire, or at least the Catholic ones. Um, the Catholic vampire hunters. Yeah, yeah I was going to say all, all, all those Catholic vampires. <laughs> it sucked to be a Catholic vampire. Goddamn. Anyway, I, yeah, that's what I thought it was, and then it showed the translation. I was like, oh, okay, fine, fuck me, I guess. Like, sure, whatever. Fuck me, I guess. And then they fucking immediately spell the word professor wrong in the credits. They, yes! Oh my god, because, like, I paused it uh, as the credits started, because uh, I did, I'm, I'm pretty sure this isn't, like, an MCU situation, but it was an after-credits scene. And I, I brought it up, like, to switch my video to something else, and I was like, oh, that is two Fs in professor. Yeah, Why? Did no one did no one see that? <laughs> no, they well, see back in the day they didn't have Microsoft Word to put a little red squiggle underneath the word when you misspelled it. So I'm sure <laughs> many a spelling mistake was made. I'm joking. This is a joke. It's a very bad joke. No, it's not a joke. You're dead serious. I think that's a pretty good sign for some live laugh letterbox. How about I you? I agree. I completely agree. Not a lot of good ones, um, I gotta say. Yeah, I was the uh, I, I every time I watch a movie for the podcast, I scroll through, kind of l- looking to see what we have to on offer, and I was like, oh, there's a lot of all caps long paragraph reviews here. Uh, so our first review comes from Allie, who says, "Camp, correct, Four stars. correct. This movie is camp." Allie, you're so right. Our second review comes from John, who says, "I'm actually so happy a movie like this is real." 
and he's three correct. and a half stars. We need more stupid feral movies. We do need more stupid feral movies. I completely agree. This this is why Malignant is like the most important movie to come out in recent years, I think. Oh, correct. Correct, 100%. So this person named Russ wrote like a like a fairly serious review, but the first sentence of his review is a cheeky laugh, which I thought was very good. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. This is a cheek this is a cheeky laugh. This I is agree. A cheeky little laugh. Nick Rogue says, Oh my god, ah, rah, gah. That's me getting eaten by Dracula. Four stars. Very true. Very true and correct. This person, uh, Stockton T. Vlone, randomly said, Dracula versus Austin Powers would have been a really good crossover. Which I'm not sure what that has to do with anything, but But like it is right. But you're correct. It is correct, is the thing. You are correct, and you should say it. Emma says, no two men have wanted to kiss more than Christopher Lee's Dracula and Peter Cushing's Van Helsing. And they should have let them. And they, God, that's Beastly Kingdom Universe. Truly. If those two old men had been able to kiss on the mouth, the world, like, world peace would have been achieved in 1972. It's true. I genuinely believe this. Yeah, that was This would have been a fucking brokeback mountain of its time. That was the first, like, divergence into the dark timeline that we took, I think. (laughs) Was Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing not kissing? It started there. It led right to, like, Beastly Kingdom not being made. Like, so many, so many things. So many, so many little butterfly effect things led to us being in this timeline. Lubchansky says, probably the best Dracula movie made in 1972. I bet, anyway. Listen, man, this thing has Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing fighting in a church set to jazz. Not sure not sure what else to tell you. No stars, but gave it a heart, so. Literally not sure what else to tell you. Like, not sure what you, else to if, tell you. If you need more than that from a movie, I don't know what to tell you. Jesse says, I really appreciated the Scooby-Doo chase music in this sequel. <laughs> Three stars. I also appreciated that. I had several notes about the score that I never got to. Scooby-Doo chase music. Very Scooby-Doo chase music with just a little sprinkling of Jollo. It's great. Mm -hmm. The main theme that's like... Yes. It's like a whiny guitar. Oh, it's so very good. So good. I listen to that all the time. It's so fucking, it's so fucking baller. Uh, Nikki says, the second I saw that plane, I screamed, holy shit, and somehow managed to keep that level of enthusiasm for the entire movie. That was so fucking awesome. I don't think I can even put into words how much I wholeheartedly loved that experience. Holy shit. Four and a half stars. That, like, shot is the direct opposite energy, and I hate to invoke Moffat Dracula again, but it's the direct opposite energy of, like, the scene of Dracula coming out of the ocean in that, and, like, the plot twist is that he's in the modern day. It's, like, the opposite energy of that. What do they do to indicate to the audience that it's the modern day? A fucking SWAT team surrounds him. Ah. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I wish I didn't see... But I Taylor, there was a reason why I was trying not to say it. No, it's but really, I, I wanted you to confront it. It's really bad and dumb, guys. <laughs> Don't watch Moffat That's Dracula. That's another statement. Don't watch Moffat Dracula, please. Like, for me. For, for you. Do it for you. Do it as an act of self-care. <laughs> uh, Colin says, this answers the age-old question. What if Dracula was in 1972? Four stars. Fuck, man. What if he was? Yeah. 
This movie happens. And Dank Wit says, first Hammer movie, which, okay. I love the energy present Why? in that one. Why this? Why not? They then say, I, I can see how this got dismissed as goofy hip, hippie shit when it came out, but I happen to be a fan of goofy hippie shit, so I enjoyed the hell out of this. True, real, you should say it. Hell yeah. Just quick fun fact before we move on to the uh, ratings uh, round. Um, this movie was originally supposed to be called Dracula Today. That sounds like a fucking like talk show. It does. Um, that would have been fucking hilarious. It would have. I really do enjoy the title, though. I'm I'm very glad that it's called Dracula 80 1972 because I think it sets the bar for the stupidity of the, the film as a whole. It really does. It really, really does. Dracula 80, 1972. Oh, it's a delightfully stupid title. Chef's Kiss. No notes. No notes. G. Taylor, what star rating do you give this movie? F-I-V-E. Five stars, motherfuckers. This is an amazing movie and everyone should watch it. Four stars from me just because I reserve five stars for like, you know, my, my top faves. And like, yeah. this is a fave. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, it's it's not quite up there with The Conjuring 2. <laughs> But like four stars, great. Like so if you fucking want, fun. If you want to just have a fun, sexy time for ninety minutes, put on Dracula eighty nineteen seventy two. That's my that's my endorsement. Summon the fucking devils with your with your thirty year old teenager friends. Not a cell phone in sight, just people living in yeah, the moment. Fully not a cell phone in sight. <laughs> God. All right. Well, that was Dracula AD nineteen seventy two. Next time, mm. I know I put on my Twitter, which is private, so I don't. I know, like probably some people who follow the podcast don't also follow my Twitter. But this was supposed to be our sequels block, so I put on my Twitter whether you guys wanted to hear us talk about The Conjuring Three or Saw Two, and The Conjuring Three won. But however, however, I was like, mm, actually, Annabelle Comes Home comes next, so it was that for a little while. We're not reviewing any of those movies. No, we're not. We're doing something a little different this next time. Because it's been a while, Taylor. It's been almost a, it's been almost a year since, since we did our our last uh sort of first impressions uh unedited oh. movie reactions. Listeners, next time we will be discussing 2022's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I'm not joking. <laughs> this is not a bit. <laughs> This is not a bit. This is not a joke. We are talking about Multiverse of Madness next episode. If you are not a Marvel person and you want to skip it, understood. We'll see you after that. However, I am going to be screaming. I am going to be crying. My wife is going to be there. And I just am going to need to have an outlet. We're going to be hooting and hollering. And if you're not prepped, prepped and primed for that, then then we'll see you for whatever we do after that. <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, I think we'll probably do Annabelle Comes Home after that, so we'll see you for that. Okay. But we had to just take a brief detour. We have to go here. We have to- I'm sorry. I'm- I'm- no. Fuck you. I'm not sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say, no, I- I am not. Personally, I am not sorry. I'm not sorry. We're doing this. Multiverse you signed Madness up for this. Episode. This is your fault for enabling us. So, we will see you then. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at FGFpod. Instagram in the same place, TikTok in the same place. Our Patreon will be going up at some point. We will let you guys know over Twitter when that happens. And yeah, 
Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, do whatever it is you need to do to let us know that you enjoyed what you heard today. And we will see you next time for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Bye, guys. Bye.